Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Before we get started, I wanted to first apologize to everybody that I totally forgot to do the recording for A Honey and Clover. For B, um, B, Noitamina, and I ended up releasing both of those fairly late. The Noitamina one I released on the same day, but the um, Hunting Clover one I released the morning after because I feel a little out of sorts because of work, because of my actual job, and all this other stuff. But what I want to talk about today. Day is a little show um, from freaking making me realize how old I am um, from a long time ago at this point um, called Colorful. Now, so... A lot of you listening probably don't remember, actually some of you probably do remember, a little channel called, that, that, lives, that lives close to old nerds' hearts for all kinds of weird reasons, um, a little channel called G4. And I forget what the actual full name of the um, programming block on G4 was, but they had, but one of the things G4 did is they specialized in all of this, like, super nerdy, weird shit. And they were, they were, um, where should I put this? By all accounts, G4 was some sort of weird, fucked up pirate ship from beginning to end, and just kind of functioned, and no one can quite tell you completely how it absolutely kept its shit together for as long as it did. Just bear that in mind. There may not have been a whole lot of people paying attention to what was being said yes to at every point of this insane ride they put themselves on. Um, but they had a section where they would show anime. Um, and like the, the hilarious thing about G4 is that G4 was either all the way on and like G fucking 4 in it, or it was just reruns of cops, which they don't show anymore because of glorifying police brutality, which is totally makes sense. Totally good. They should not show cops because it's totally glo- like you watching cop. You're sitting there watching cops, and you're just like, yeah, fucking nice stick him in the head, and it's the worst. And I just like the way cops shoot and frames all that stuff. It's just the worst, but. Not what we're here for. G4 has like a section where it was... It, it kind of functioned like sci-fi, like... Anna Monday Nights or whatever it was, or whatever it was infamously known as. But G4 was also like a super nerdy channel that didn't necessarily have a huge budget. So... They weren't really in the business of doing first run anything. That <laughs> makes any sense. And one of the shows they had on G4 was this weird, weird, weird little, like, almost like 
sketch comedy. Like it was a vignette show. It was it was, it was no cohesive. Um, there was no cohesive through line of a story, really. That was a show called Colorful. Now we've all we're all familiar with like the etchy shows that exist just to be etchy shows, like um, kind of like Mock and Key, but almost um more, but almost more insane than that. So remove most of the story pretext out of Mock and Key, you get something that feels a lot more like Icon Club, and Icon Club is kind. Of I can club kind of the crystallized place etchy anime went of like, well, what if we just have them just like come exactly short of fucking on screen? Um, but also they definitely fuck. Just not on screen because that would put us in like a direct to video, direct to video scenario that we have not, that we have spent too much budget to not just put this hot garbage on TV and run away like nobody's looking. But where Echi Anime kind of started, and where lots of American otaku kind of um, first experienced Echi Anime was stuff like Colorful. And Colorful is a very, very, it's a very, very light on the story vignette show where the vignettes are like like a couple seconds long a piece so maybe there's anywhere from three to five in a quote-unquote episode and the whole point of colorful is like it, it is these two doofuses just trying to get to, to just pick up women's search um, the doofuses are literally named Steve. Actually, I think it's, um, it's Itani and, uh, Hirokawa. I, I, I think Steve might be included in this, but there's a, the main character who on my anime list is noted as fucking Steve. So... It's been a long time since I've seen this, but it it's seared in my brain for two reasons. One is this is literally just like man gets job at shoe at Foot Locker, helps women put shoes on explicitly so he can stare straight up their crotch. Promptly gets fired. Like that. That's a literal. Um, what's it called? A literal sketch they go through in this show. Another literal sketch is like a guy standing on balcony looks at bird. Guy standing on ground looks at bird. Sees up through balcony through like wire balcony just sees up some girl's butt. Like just just the wildest shit. And to give you an idea of like how. Uh, like un unabashed this thing is the the like colorful logo is not it's like a rip off of the Castle Corp logo basically but the 
trying to find on my anime list. You can go the the like artwork, the like famous artwork, uh, the color colorful. It's just a full on woman's butt in lingerie with like full on garters and everything, and then just has the colorful like word mark flapped over the flapped over like her lower back. And it's all vignetted that it's like ooh sexy. Um, this the thing about it though is like it's not. It's all played for comedy. None of it feels sexual. It feels like it feels like these adult men are like fourteen year olds and just like, ooh, I saw I saw her butts. The worst. It's the worst. And see, the other thing about colorful is I bet the reason G four, um, I bet the reason why why have forty eight. People said, yep, this is one of my favorites. <laughs> Perverse. One of the reasons why they, I would bet G4 licensed this was it could, they could like, and actually I'm looking at the episode count. It was 15, it was 15 episodes, 16 episodes at six minutes apiece. So there were probably two um, vignettes per episode, and what they could do is they could cut those vignettes up and put them in as, like, weird space fillers in the, in the anime block they had. And it just... It's so... I can't... You can probably find whole episodes of this on YouTube now, and you can just go... Watch the madness. Watch the weird, like, pervy, <laughs> gross out, bizarre comedy. And I think, and I mean, there's a notable, there's a couple notable ones where, like, the women are into the guys, and then the guys are just like, no, do not want, oh fuck. And it's just, it, it also, this whole show has this real, because you're following these two doofuses around the entire time, it has a real Beavis and Butthead quality to it that's just, like, wild. Being that it was in, like, 1999, just like, oh, look, these, these guys, like, hang out and watch Beavis and Butthead on the internet or some shit. I don't know, it's weird, but it... The whole, the whole show is so immediately just like, where are the panties? Like, let's get to the panties. And it's just, it's so, it's so strange. It's so strange. Because it doesn't, it doesn't feel sexy. It feels like... Almost like satire and like pure fucking comedy. It's so strange. And it So It just 
I'm not necessarily saying that this is a. I'm not saying the colorful is a good show. <laughs> be clear. I'm not saying the colorful is a good show. I'm not saying it's something I would sit down and watch for pleasure. I'm saying that it is deeply honest in a way that oftentimes stuff just isn't. Like stuff just like stuff avoids being because like once you put your whole ass so to speak out in the wind like that it's just it, there's no taking it back bro it's just like you can't you can't go back and the other reason why I want to talk about this show is because I I grew up at, I came up through into fandom and through fandom in on the tail end of video rental places. Video rental places basically don't exist anymore unless it's like one, like one fucking in um, the Blockbuster and like um, fucking the Arctic or something. And there's a independent, there are some independent video re rental places around the country, but less and less and less and less. And I talked about this a little on my like algorithm episode, but which is a Sunday episode, you can go listen to that in the feed, whatever app you listen to me right now. But on the last episode, I talked about how you get kind of rickrolled into series because of new series. And if you want to see new stuff, you have to kind of constantly load the pipeline with just weird ass shit all the time. And you have to do you have to do a fair amount of work to just make it so you nebulously find out what's coming out this year. If you are not already watching um, Tokyo Revengers or you weren't watching things that were in that mode, Tokyo Revengers, which, which is a great show, could totally fucking miss you. Like, easily. That is not hard for that to happen these days. But in... In the time of my youth, the one of the ways that you ended up watching a lot of stuff was is it was the next thing on the shelf next to what you had just rented. But then there became this like weird, you got this weird fire sale situation at many um, video rental places with just. The video rental place was like still open and still taking rentals, but was really more and more like we're just we're just putting everything on fire sale. Like we'll we'll rent it to you and you can return it, or you could just buy it, bud. Like we got a couple more years left in us and we all out of jobs. And I one of my one of the odd things I did as a kid was I befriended the video rental people. That makes any sense. Get the guy's name. It was a guy who I hung out. I think his name might have been like Chris. And if he, and if, he, if he ever hears this, I'm sorry, man. I totally forgot. I was like eleven. Leave me alone. I would just like hang out and like talk to video rental people. They weren't doing anything. It was a video. It was a it was a rental shop in like the early two thousands. They were dying on the vine. And they were like. It was like 
if you've ever seen the movie Empire Records, it was like Empire Records. It was a bunch of employed, technically employed people with nothing to fucking do. And what that ended up translating into was, it's just like, I'd hang out, I'd like, you know, talk to people. But like, if a customer came in, like, it helps the customer. I was just like the kid who hung out at the video store, and it was fine. And then when, then at some point, like I said, they started selling a ton of like DVDs and videos and all this other stuff. And they always had like a little for sale section, but like it got bigger and bigger. Eventually, it was just like the whole store was going on fucking fire sale constantly. And there were two ways you did things: you either bought you could either buy a DVD for like 10 bucks, or you could buy freaking VHS tapes for like a dollar a piece. And so I remember, I distinctly remember, I bought a huge chunk of Ranma by walking down, and this is when I still had a um, working VCR, which I currently don't because I have no need for one. Um, but um, I walked down to the video store with a $10 bill, like, took half a shelf of VHS tapes, gave a $10 bill, and then we crammed it in this bag while I was holding this, like, long fucking plastic bag all the way home. And, like, at the time, I, I was a kid, so I lived with my mom. And my mom was like, the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I got the anime! We barely anyway watch it because... I, the only VH, the only VCR was in the living room, and most of what I bought was not suitable for public viewing, but it's fine. I watched it when she was out of the house. I was a latchkey kid. It's fine. But one of the funniest things was, I, I forget the girl's name, too, but there's a girl who worked at the counter there, and she was in her, in her mid-20s, and we oh, me and her always had questions specifically about A, she had questions about colorful. And we both had deep, needed to be answered questions about um, Icon Club. Eventually about Icon Club. And she was <laughs> the next time I was in there and she was working. She was like, so what's the deal with the yogurt slime? And I like, looked at her dead in the eyes as like a young kid was like, exactly what you think the deal with the yogurt slide is. And she's like, cool. <laughs> and, but I remember she was like, what's, what's the deal was colorful? And I think I, there was another like dead stare. Cause she, they, video rental places at the end had all these like weird odds and ends that like, all these video rental places that bought up over the years because somebody would rent it technically. Like, every video rental place had a, had a copy of Ghost in the Shell in it. They just had it in it. They had a copy of Akira in it. They had, like, the last DVD of End of Evangelion in it. I saw Evangelion largely fucking backwards because they rented the DVD they had in my West Coast video, which yes, we had, we, 
in our town of, um, what's it called, in our town of, in our town in New Jersey, had a West Coast video, which is primarily known for being on the West Coast, and um, eventually they had closed down because Blockbuster moved in and taken all the business, but they had all these odd events because they were going off of what they thought people would rent. And for a long time, you know, me and all my otaku friends in school would, like, covet these, like, those old massive box sets when, like, a box set meant, a box set meant you were buying, like, 10 VHS tapes of Ranma one half at a time. And, like, it was just a long box situation. And, like, you look at it and be like, that's $110. I'm fucking, like, 10. I don't know what that amount of money means. Or, like, I would have to save for a long time and someone would buy that before I got to it. And so she she knew that I was, that, like, my area of expertise was anime. So she would, like, be like, yeah, what's what's colorful? And I think the way I described it to her was, it's like, it's like a panty scavenger hunt. <laughs> I mean, like, just, just the weirdest look. And, I mean, like, I remember I walked in and the guy who, um, the guy who was, there, who was there a lot, um, the guy whose name I forget, I'm gonna call him Chris for the purpose of this. Chris would just, he would just be like hanging out, watching freaking Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in the, in the, um, in the middle of the goddamn day, like a lunatic. And he, like, he would like be like, hey man, I'll give you a 20 if you go over and you get my 10 bucks worth. Chinese food? I'm like, yeah, sure. Here. Gary 20, I kept the 10. I kept 10. And I came back with Chinese food. And we, like, split it. We'd just hang out there and watch fucking weird foreign art house cinema for, like, hours. Because I had nothing better to do with it the summer, goddammit. Also, it was air conditioned in there. But the, like... The world's, like, form factor of colorful and the, like, year that colorful came out, which is 1999, was so uniquely strange a time, at least for me, to be in, um, in... what's it called, in, um, in fandom, because, like, yes, I had other otaku friends and all this other stuff, but I was a pretty lonely kid, because it, it's that weird, and I think I've talked about this before, people don't like to hang out with people, with, as a kid, other kids usually don't hang out with kids who've had something, like, truly 
horrifying happened to them because oftentimes because their parents are like, I don't want you being friends with that kid mostly because I don't want that kid to die and then it be our problem and you also be sad. And th while I would encourage any parent to not do that, to let your kid hang out with whoever you want, whoever they want to hang out with, as long as they are not like actively burning down whole buildings at a time, um, because that's how kids learn lessons and become well-rounded adults, is being like, oh, yo, um, give me the piece of shit. I don't want to be friends with him anymore. But, um, it's just, it, it sits in this unique, weird place, even though it's not, colorful is not a good show. It's not, it's not, it's not a good show. It's quite bad, actually. Um, and that's why it's rated, like, 6.3 on my anime list, because it's just, it's not great. It's not, it's not great. And as a result, it's just like, but be, because of it being not great and because it was probably sold, it was sold at kind of the, it was sold and localized at the beginning of the anime bubble, if you will. You heard me talk about the bubble and the anime bubble bursting on the, um, Sunday, on the Sunday edition, this was the biggest problem with the anime bubble. It's not that, like, all kinds of weird indie stuff was being, um, was being, what's it called, was being licensed that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. That's not the problem. The problem was stuff like Colorful was being packaged in with all, the, with all this other stuff. So, like, you'd want to Let's say you wanted to um, license, I don't know, um, Pilot Candidate. Pilot Candidate works. Pilot Candidate never got finished, but it works. Because someone clearly licensed that show. It could be that they would tack on all these extra licenses just so they could make money off of them. And Colorful feels like G4 had enough budget to know that if they were going after this show, they get all these other shows tacked onto it, and then they just have it to like hold on to like use as programming, like spacers, like colorful. And because of G4's brand, and because they were like a weird nerd brand at a time when like weird nerd brands were not really that super common, it, they were able to, like, swing it and take these, like, weird fucking six-minute episodes with three-minute vignettes, with two three-minute vignettes, slice those in half, and, like, go wild with it and use those as programming spacers where other um, networks wouldn't be able to, especially late at night, because they were... They, that was just the kind of brand they were. They were, like... Um, um, his, his personality, he's still around, but, um, all the personalities were, like, doing weird shit, like, doing weird and insane shit constantly. If you want an idea of, like, kind of people who are on, um, who are on G4, 
if you've ever wondered, if you've ever had the thought in your head, like, but where the fuck did Olivia Munn come from? She was on G- G4 with one of her first big breaks. And um, also there was um, Chris Hardwick was on there for a while. Um, there were all kinds of people who went through the, like, G4 fucking food processor, so to speak, and came out the other side. So it was, like, it was a genuinely weird little nerd channel. And by ha- in the same way that sci-fi having a, um anime block, you know, brought anime to the forefront of like, lots of people's minds. They had, like, I think they clearly went licensing, went licensing through almost exclusively um, ADB, but um, they very clearly had they had a, like, probably a stated goal of, like, we want to find some of the weirdest shit. Like, A, because the weirdest shit will be the cheapest shit, and B, because we don't, we're fairly certain that, like, you're not going to see something, like, fucking colorful on Cartoon Network or on, you know, sci-fi or on TBS at 10 in the morning when you're watching, after you watch Taylor Moon or Kid WB or something like that. Since this was around the time when Kid WB was apparently just knifing up fucking card captors to Cora to make it card captors. Which is just the worst. But, um. Sometimes it's good to see things that are not good because it allows you to understand that that stuff exists. And that's really the, like, the, like, um, the, the point of Colorful being aired on American television, even though it was aired at, like, in weird intervals at, like, two in the morning or something. Because it's hard to... It's hard to imagine that a show like Colorful can exist in the same breath as a show like, in the same medium as a show like Card Capture Stalker or like Dragon Ball Z. And, to, but like, seeing that like whole totality of the medium is valuable because that is what makes you treat it like a medium of filmmaking and storytelling instead of a genre, which, especially at the time, lots of channels were treating things like a genre. Like, if you look at the stuff that Cartoon Network was airing in terms of anime, and you look at the stuff that, like, Hit WB was airing in terms of anime... And you look at the stuff that even probably sci-fi, which I'm not as familiar with for the time period, was airing at anime. It was probably being treated much more like it's a genre 
but we treated like different kinds of genres by different channels, by those different channels. But like G4, because they were so kind of ramshackle in moments, was able to be like, no, this is a medium. And like, they make everything from like weird, perverse, bad sex joke cartoons to like this cool shit. And it, it just, even the like, even the poor, even the in poor taste-ness of some, of some bad anime makes you aware of the fact that like, so not every, not every show needs to be Citizen Kane. In fact, it's important that every thing is not Citizen Kane or Oz or what or whatever, like your de facto premium thing is. Some shows need to be fucking Tom Green singing Daddy Would You Like Some Sausage as they hang from the ceiling and he plays the piano with strings on his fingers. Some shows need to be that. And like that's lots of times what shows like colorful feel like. And they feel like like weird like, oh Did they know what you were making when you made it? Like, when somebody signed off on this nightmare, what's happening? And even even today, with like things like um, you know, what? let's take a slightly old a show from a bunch of seasons back. Shows like Handshakers. Handshakers is a nightmare. Handshakers is a actual crime to your eyeballs. Like it handshakers had made has has made people seasick and has made people throw up. Literally as a property. Just because it is so just just, just badly done. It also got a um sequel called Wise, but that's just looks like a fucking stealth sequel of handshakers because of course but the fact that it exists, the fact that people made that thing, the fact that, like, they gun done it is important because that means that, like, it's a medium and you're working with a set of tools and sometimes you misuse the tool and everything goes south. And it, it just... I find, I find bad things to be interesting additions. I gotta stop staring at this butt, it's very distracting. Um, I find these things to be very interesting because they are, there are oftentimes, there are oftentimes failures in the moment, but then given a couple, uh, like a year or two, or uh, given a, some amount of time, they become almost infamous. Like, Colorful is infamously weird. It's an infamously strange thing. It is like, 
is famous for his weird reaction shots of, like, the main character just be like, <laughs> and shit like that, but it's, it's just, and so it, like, has added weirdly to it to, like, certainly early internet culture because it was just, like, it was just rife with, like, I can take a picture of this and this can be a reaction shot. Or, like, here's a here's this picture of this horny dude. I mean, in the, um, carousel for it on, um, on my anime list, the picture of the two main characters just with the weirdest pervo faces. Like, like, what if we tried to do anime beef with the butthead faces? <laughs> what would happen if we gave this one character, like, a Joe Jonah Jameson size fucking mustache, but then you realize it's white, and those are his teeth, and it's uncomfortable. And also, I appreciate the honesty of just colorful as a thing. Like, it's not like, we're not going to try and tell you a story about we're about two. We're about one thing and one thing only. Butts and front butts and panties. We're, we're just we're just here for that. And we're we're about panties. It's fine. If you want to be about panties, we're here for you. And it's just it's the most bananas. It's the most bananas. Um. And it's just, I just want to talk about it because I um, am fairly certain I have not talked about it. And it's, it's a, it's a show that you have probably heard of, but you have never seen. Because once again, it came out in 1999, which is now over a decade ago, now over two decades ago, which is terrifying. Um, I'm so old, and um, it just, it bears, it bears mentioning simply because it is so strange and so specifically weird. It's such a specifically weird fetish anime that has such specific late 90s style and animation and treatment and it's just it's bizarre so if you so I'm not gonna say like go watch this thing because although you can it's like 15 times just multiply 15 times 6 and that's how many minutes of content it is that's just it's worth looking at just so you have context of like if someone brings up colorful, you're like, oh, I understand that. <laughs> or if someone says, Yo, colorful really is my favorite anime, you're like, oh, yeah, we don't need to talk anymore. <laughs> and on that note, my name has been Alex. You've been listening to One Fox Radio. If you like this episode, um, new episodes come out every um, Thursday and Sunday, hopefully, assuming I don't forget. I'm terrible at scheduling myself. Um, and so Thursday episodes are like this. I talk about a show or movie, 
and the Sunday episodes are more metatextual. I talk about industry stuff. I talk about concepts. I talk about, um, last time I talked about programming block. It was my Tamina, um, all that stuff. So, um, you'll get both in the feed. Just naturally, you don't have to worry about it. And also, coming to a close on, I believe, two episodes is um, my friend Lauren um, and Larry and I's um, like pet project podcast called The Uncanny Curves. And that's all about the late, the uh, mid to late 70s X-Men comics. We have a lot of fun with that. We um we recently, I believe we recently delved into Professor Xavier's relationship with the local police force, um because he runs a mansion full of fucking nightmare people, and we have a lot of fun with that show. But that we're wrapping up the first season of that soon, soon ish, and on that note. I will, I will talk, I will talk to you on Sunday.